Three, two, one. Hey, legal eagles! It's time to think like a lawyer. This is Sardonicast. Okay. I discovered that channel <laughs> a couple weeks ago. My roommate showed it to me. It's like a, a YouTube lawyer channel. He covered like Epstein and a bunch of other stuff. Interesting. Very nice guy. Or he seems like it. You never know. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. <laughs> I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. And I'm Alex from IHE. Um, All right. Well, what's up? <laughs> well, what's up, you, everybody? Uh, did you see what a Sony did to Disney? Yes. In fact. Oh, it was chaos. <laughs> yeah. Absolute it was chaos. great. I'm actually very happy about it because I might win my bet. <laughs> Well, you say yeah, so, no, no. We need to talk about that bet. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know what the bet was. I want Tom Hardy or and uh, Tom Holland to meet up. That's okay, all I want. Because I, I, I think <laughs> somebody posted in our subreddit, and I heard the words "Venom in the MCU movies." Yeah, because I think yeah, that's, that's what, what the bet like, was. I was like, "Venom's yeah. never going to be in the MCU." Right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I well, said. Well, because I never would have imagined that Sony just, like, just said, fuck you, and, and leave. <laughs> like, they they just, like, they didn't like that Disney wanted to take more money, so they yeah. said, we're out of here. They said, I and break I up with that. you, Disney. <laughs> I break up with you, Disney. I break up with you. Well, yeah, what else does Sony it got? It's the only leverage they have, so they might as well use it. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't done all my research on this, but it really seems like Disney was trying to push them around anyway. So I don't I don't understand this perspective really? of, like, Sony did that to Disney. Because, like, Disney wanted, yeah. what, 50, 50 on the the films 50%. or something? But yeah, they get so. 90 on the merchandise? Like, is that, like, I, that's what I read from somewhere. I, I don't know. Maybe I should do my fact check. Who knows but, exactly like, what it was? But yeah. my guess is, like, Disney is in a very powerful position right now, and so they thought they could just leverage, like, oh, we can just jerk around Sony. That's mm -hmm. not right. And Sony's kind of, like, in the underdog position now. <laughs> Which so is weird. it's cool for them to do that. It's, like, little... <laughs> yeah, little it is weird. It's cool how the dynamic has changed. Playground school fights with large corporations. <laughs> like... Yeah. So strange. But you go back, like, 15 trading years CBS, ago... Trading like, trading cards. It's yeah. just right. so crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. 15 years ago, it was totally different. Disney was, like, not doing that well with the live-action films, and Columbia mm -hmm. was making Spider-Man movies and doing, like, making tons of money. Mm -hmm. Now it's the exact opposite. It's very, very strange to see this major contrast in people saying, like, ah, oh, fuck Disney and their remakes, and then all of a sudden, there's this one instance where everybody is rooting for Disney to obtain another intellectual property you know, every, everybody's complaining about Disney owning everything, and now it's like, oh, you just got to give Spider-Man to Disney, because everybody loves the <laughs> MCU so much, right? So it's, yeah. you forget. It's the that, reason they're so powerful now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They got rabid fanboys on their side. It's a shame. I like those Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I like those movies a lot. I like the new one. And it's a shame it probably won't, I mean, everything they set up in that last movie probably won't be carried carried on into the next which is ones. mental because it, it's yeah, it seemed like they're building him up to be like the new yeah. main guy he's supposed to be the new iron man it's really bizarre funny. scenario mm -hmm. like i don't know they'll probably have another business conversation again you think that's the end you think it's they're already like in production yeah I mean, there might be some negotiation we don't even know if they're gonna get a yeah. new spider-man or not apparently tom holland said he's still in it yeah that's what he said okay, i think well, so uh huh. I just like, what do you do? <laughs> but what about like John Favreau? He's not going to be in it anymore. He's part of Disney's like whole crew. They'll just recast him. I don't know. Yeah, or Zendaya, <laughs> or 
I mean, there's probably other people. Bring back Emma Stone. Yeah, maybe they'll get Hannibal Burris back now, though. They should just make a third <laughs> Andrew Garfield movie. Just bring him back? Yeah. I've always wanted a post credit scene where, like, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and Andrew Garfield's, like, this disappointing ah, middle child. Sony, hit up, hit up your boy Ralph. He's got a screenplay for you already. <laughs> Get in on that. It's going to be great. Did you guys see who's um, lined up to direct Venom 2, speaking of Sony? Oh, no, I, I have no, no idea. No, but I'm very excited to hear. Oh, Andy Serkis, apparently. Oh, huh. yeah. Wow. I still haven't seen that uh, Jungle Book thing he did for Netflix. It ain't good. <laughs> it wasn't even originally <laughs> supposed to be for weird. Netflix, wasn't it? It was supposed to be yeah. like a major theatrical release, and then John Favreau released yeah. his thing, and they're like, eh, no. Well, yeah, they couldn't possibly compete. So just like, here you go, Netflix, have it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Andy Serkis made another film starring Andrew Garfield. So it all connects. Oh. I don't know the name of it. But... Extended universe. Yeah. Sony just needs to make their own extended universe in the same way that Disney did, except just Sony characters. So we'll get like the emojis in <laughs> on it. We'll get all the emojis. <laughs> And they'll uh -huh. battle Spider-Man. Or when Spider-Man goes into his phone, he'll just start playing an app game or something, and then it'll turn into the Emoji Movie for like a scene, and then just right. never be mentioned <laughs> again. Just like the some good product placement. The you know. black hole it was sort of their plan, them. though, wasn't it? Was at least with Spider-Man, because that's what was like a huge problem with those old films. They were shoved full of so much like teasing and setup for the future, because they were just riding off Marvel's yeah. like coattails. Yeah, but it was just supposed to be like only Spider-Man characters, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can make their own cinematic universe with just Spider-Man characters. That's not far fetched. Yeah, Spider-Man has a good do. That's probably why they left. You don't right. even like to make a good Spider-Man movie. You don't need all the rest of the MCU characters. Like I like the story yeah. of, of yeah. the MCU. I guess in terms of Spider-Man being in it, like I think that it adds its own unique thing to those Spider-Man movies. But you don't need it there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's probably what Sony thought. They're like, we don't really need Marvel at this point, so let's just go off and do our own thing, and I appreciate that. I don't know. Disney just... Disney needs to just calm down a little. Like, how much money do they really need right now? I know. Like, just make make a bit of a deal, you know, make a, make a compromise. <laughs> you don't need as many billions of dollars right now. You own what? Profits like, have to go up every year. They now yeah. own That's five the way of the top... 10 grossing films of all time now or something right oh yeah like yeah. what how much how much is enough it's never enough this is no. the problem but when an audience is going to have enough like can will audience ex accept like a new spider-man again with a new actor and a new story and a new universe like it just i don't gets know to if a that's happening so ridiculous but it would be really funny <laughs> if we got another origin story i want another uncle ben death <laughs> just do it <laughs> who would play uncle ben this time who would yeah. they get? <laughs> Sony handled Spider-Verse, right? So Yeah, they made the best Spider-Man movie probably ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I still like Spider-Man 2 more that? personally, but like I acknowledge that's a great movie. So why why are we like why are people against Sony just making their own Spider-Man films yeah. at this point? If they hire the right people, it works out. Mm -hmm. Right, when you get Mark they forget Webb, to do yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> Oops. But those movies were a while ago. I bet there's like a whole new management team at Sony at this point, and they're they're you know taking Spider-Man in a different direction. Yeah, they know that didn't work. The dark Andrew Garfield emo Spider-Man. 
<laughs> yeah. The reaction to the Dark Knight, everything was like, now we need to be the same. Or just right. followers, just follow trends. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. That's why the first one that breaks a trend, Spider-Verse, everyone's like, well, this is amazing. And like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's It's at the point where superhero movies are just so pop culture and inescapable that I think that mm. the direction needs to kind of be a bit more self-aware, like, you know, Spider-Verse, where it's kind of like poking yeah. fun at itself as it's doing it. Because otherwise, it's just yeah. like, well, the, what are we the doing? The issue is these universes are starting to fall apart now over time mm. because of these rights issues and actors just not wanting to do them anymore. And it affects the story. It's like, how can you be invested in a story when you can, like, a day later, the Sony studio could just take the, the rights away mm. <laughs> to the character? Mm -hmm. Like, it, how can you tell a story that way? They can just pull a Days of Future Past and then change all the actors. <laughs> It's yeah. like, oh, this is the character now. It was always like just this. Time kind travel. Of. It's just exhausting. It is. Like, uh -huh. And now it's getting to such an extreme degree with the reaction to these movies that people are already turning on that film Joker before it's even been seen by most people. Like, In everyone's like, oh, everyone's already ruined it by how everyone's sort of romanticizing the Joker and stuff like they always have, all the memes everywhere complaining about. It's just edgy and, you know, all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's in both yeah, directions, really, that with one. that movie. It's like they're both justifying each other's existence. I know, like yeah. you see the IMDb rating, it's like, come on, three thousand people haven't seen this movie yet. Like, I know. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Why is it at like a nine point seven? Who are they serving by just jumping to these posts of movies and rating it a ten for this? Themselves. Seen it? I just I've never understood that. Just because they're so hyped for it, they're like. It's not even a movie anymore. It's like part of their identity. No wonder they get so upset when you give them bad reviews. Yeah, it's 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 not about watching a film. It's about justifying their obsession with a previously existing superhero character, like an action figure. Is I think what I said in my Suicide Squad review. <laughs> like that's why there was why such a disagreement so between film critics and fans. Yeah. You can just enjoy these characters on a surface level. They don't need to become they part can't. of your like life. Yeah. I know. They're obsessed. <laughs> Uh -huh. I just enjoy Spider-Man. It's, yeah, it's exactly. not like part of my identity. I'm like, yeah, these are good movies. Like, I like that character. Playground. Yeah. yeah. DC and MCU are basically like football teams at this point. Right. So especially yeah. with like the DC movies. Like they're so desperate to just be like, come on, this is good. I swear. Mm -hmm. Like they, they need to be able to prove that. That's kind of how we talk about these films. Like, like it's sports. I know. They're trading players. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's just turning so tribalistic. Films anymore. Everything on the well, yeah, the exactly. films are part of it. It's like a no, whole like, thing now. It's the all about films the reactions and the, the studios now, and like... the actors having their whole like. Some people don't like Brie Larson or Sebastian Stan because of things they say. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. a whole. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, just like even a film like Black Panther, like no one talks about the film Black Panther. They just talk about how everyone talks about the film Black Panther. It's so. <laughs> It's gone to such a meta level now that it's, it actually really hurts to think about. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the world of American partisan politics has escaped America <laughs> and now has infected everybody on the planet. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's really it, it, yeah. there is a gigantic parallel though, because like I, I don't know. I was watching the last uh, American presidential election. It felt more like a wrestling match in the debates. How the, everybody yeah. was announced. The popularity contest. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, so that's how they always were. It's that's so basically what the presidential debates have always been, 
It's just like it's, it's Trump getting more funny took advantage though. of it. <laughs> yeah, he was a television personality, so he's like, I know how to play this yeah. up. I know exactly, how to roast yeah. someone on stage, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, should the president be doing something like that? I don't know. This is a movie <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. laughs> Speaking of not not politics, uh, there's another yeah. thing Disney's been doing. If we're done talking about that Sony thing, uh-huh. because mm-hmm. they bought the uh, uh, Fox, so everybody right now, you know, being like, oh well, Disney should just buy Sony, and then Spider Man will be in the MCU, and I'll be happy. Well. Turns out that there's a lot of negative consequences that come with something like that, because Disney is kind of fucking evil. So basically what's happened is now uh, small independent theaters, even Cineplex, even big chains, they're losing the back catalog to the Fox archives. So now if a theater wants to be like, okay, we're having a, like a movie night, we're going to watch Die Hard because it's Christmas, they can't. So like, literally, they're like, no more old movies allowed to be screened, which Disney has done for a long time for their own properties. Now they're just doing it for the Fox ones that they've obtained. So the only one that they're really allowing uh, theaters to continue replaying from their archives is like Rocky Horror Picture Show, because it's kind of like, I guess, the cult movie that you do that with. But yeah, like uh, independent theaters like the Rio in Vancouver, like they're kind of kind of heartbroken over this because there's so many yeah. uh, Fox catalog why movies they? that they would... But I don't know. Do I don't know why they do that. I think because they think that it's competition for the newer films that they release in theaters and they want that to have a bigger what? impact and they're like, no, we got to have the biggest box office numbers. Like, you got to be seeing the new movies sort of thing. Like, I have no idea. But they just that don't want... That would be want... idiotic if that was, like, the way they were thinking. Well, yeah, I mean, like, they're making trove. money they're, either way. People want to buy this stuff. Yeah. I've just never understood the way they've always done that, though. Even with their own films, it's so frustrating. It's like, I want to give you money to watch your product. Why do you have to be this way about it? You know, I don't actually, like, I I don't own a theater, but perhaps maybe the older catalog movies are actually cheaper to license. And maybe they just want to only have the more expensive newer films for those theaters, for any theaters. Mm. Because right now, like, back when, I forget, I think maybe the first Infinity War was out or something, like... Disney yeah, was threatening small theaters saying you're not allowed to play this movie unless it's on all the screens in your theater. They're like, we can't play any other movies. They're like, yeah, and you have to play this or else we're never going to let you play a Disney movie again. Like they were literally just like mm-hmm. blackmailing small theater yeah. chains, which is disgusting. Like people talk about a lot. Netflix being the death of cinema. I think Disney is <laughs> like Disney's right. actively right. pursuing smaller theater chains and trying to sabotage them which is what they did to tarantino with with hateful eight they were gonna well hateful eight was made for that cinerama screen and that week i think star wars came out and they said you got to play star wars here not hateful eight yeah otherwise they would like not like what the fuck star wars at all their whole chain so yeah they do it all the time throwing the size of their nuts around yeah Mm -hmm. we have star wars and you have to bend to our knees so suck <laughs> how about jeff bezos buys disney and it's all just on amazon prime forever now and then problem solved maybe yeah. <laughs> who knows everything's just on amazon uh, Prime. yeah disney plus coming out soon <laughs> is it already uh, out i don't even know i'm not sure oh god it just never ends does it, it never it, does a new subscription for every day of the week everything just wants to have you subscribe to it from the first time we talked about the 
terrible shenanigans of Disney on this podcast, I had no idea we'd be doing it like every other episode or every episode. I didn't know there yeah, would be like a new thing every two something. weeks yeah. where they it's just like the completely fuck something up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but is it going to so collapse? Sad. Is there going to be a point where either people get sick of it or people run out of money or something happens in the economy to where people are like, I can't afford 20 subscription services and then this whole thing's going to fall apart? I mean, yeah, I guess when it comes to like all the subscriptions, maybe. But I mean, during the 2008 financial crisis, one of the few industries that was relatively untouched by it was the entertainment industry. Like people still mm-hmm. value entertainment. Even if they can't afford yeah. a lot of things, it's like, okay, well, this is the one thing that's brightening my day a little. Like, you need to have something to do when you get back from from working your second job or whatever. Yeah, so. but maybe theaters are getting too expensive to even be that. Or maybe. maybe. Do you think it's more? Do you think it'll be more that, or more that people will just get fed up eventually of the types of movies? Or do you think that's not even? Well, I don't know. Yeah, uh, you can never tell. You it just can't though. This is just. We're trying to psychoanalyze the general population, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm no normie. Yeah. I don't know how normies but if you work. Just look at the past, like, <laughs> 60 years. Like, what genre has remained on top in the way these superhero movies have for this long? Like, it, there's never just one thing that's like, yep, from now until the end of time, it's just going to be superhero movies that people care about. <laughs> like, it's going to, it can't. It just makes no sense. Yeah. I have no idea. It's got to change. It, it really does feel like kind of a different beast, though. It, mm. it like at the same time like yes like too big to fail yeah you know who knows like I I can't even say for mm. sure it does feel like a different energy than just like oh yeah westerns were popular for a long time once yeah like this is this is like this has Disney behind it this has like it's more calculated yeah the most complicated web of events <laughs> spanning over like thirty movies like you don't have you don't have none of the other ones were just like oh yeah. 30 movies worth of one story, basically. Mm-hmm. It was like a yeah. genre where it was like new stories, and then eventually people were like, ah, eh, whatever, I don't need to see this new one. But people are like, oh, I need to see this new one because it connects to the other ones I already love. Yeah, but people, mm-hmm. like, they get attached to the history of it, too. Like, imagine mm-hmm. if they're still going in 20 years' time, there'll be, like, kids being born into it with the adults, like, yeah, back in my day, it was like, <laughs> Avengers Infinity War was our one. Now look at the <laughs> yeah. new one, Avengers Dino Crisis or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I guess. Oh, that's what it's gonna be like, man. Avengers Dino Crisis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not good. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, I don't see a silver lining to this. I really don't. I'm trying to be like, oh yeah, hopefully, well, you know, the market, some something will crash, well, it, something will give. Is it stopping like the films we want to be seeing made from happening? Because like we're still getting just as many good films as ever, right? It's just we're consuming yeah. them in a different way. Yeah, this is true. But those have mostly been independent films recently. Like, there aren't a lot of big-budget Hollywood films coming out that I think are worthy of, like, There's, like, the medium-sized budget ones. And there used to be. It used to be that way. Yeah. Like, we'll never get another Matrix. No. We'll never get something like that. Or even, like, we were talking about one episode, how in the 90s it was all original films making tons of money. Yeah. It was all number one in the box office. And that hasn't been... It hasn't been the same. Mm-hmm. At least we have Netflix and A24 and a bunch of Yeah, that seems like the new... Those are the guys who are actually making stuff. That would be the one way out of this, is if people were just like, well, I guess I'm just going to watch Netflix (laughs) instead. Uh Like Amazon is trying to get people to get Amazon, (laughs) so they're making amazing content. They're making great movies, and now they're making a Lord of the Rings show, which is going to be half a billion dollars. uh, Crazy. 
Well, even just look at what Netflix has put out like recently. Like Mindhunter, mm-hmm. Dark Crystal. Like incredible. Have you so seen the new uh, Mindhunter? Incredible. I haven't yet, but I, I'll make time for it. Alex? I watched Mindhunter, though, which is fantastic. I've seen a couple episodes of it, but I prioritized uh, Mindhunter first. Mm. Okay, nice. Yeah, I saw the first like 45 minutes of the new Dark Crystal. I was very tired, and I had to go to sleep, but I really enjoyed <laughs> it. It fixed a lot of the issues yeah. I had with the original. But... Yes, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But I had... <laughs> I had a really weird reaction to it, though. <laughs> yeah? What what reaction? Well, I was like, I felt like I was losing my mind because Dark Crystal has always been this, like, kind of lame 80s property no one cared about. And now Netflix has taken it and turned it into this, like, epic fantasy sci-fi. <laughs> sorry, not sci-fi. Just fantasy world, with, like, full of CG and, like, actors. And it's just like, what the what is happening? I can't yeah. believe this is even it exists. It is a cult thing. <laughs> it makes sense that they'd want it. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't, like, an unknown property or anything. Like there's a lot of people. No, that but it's love also just like <laughs> it's an expensive ass show. Like it looks expensive. Like that, a huge investment went into recreating the ball busting hard work that went into the original. And like that's the only reason anyone really cared about that. It's not the story. It's more the just the presentation of the puppetry and everything. And they really like doubled down on that. Yeah. From what yeah. I've seen so far, Lots anyway. Of production value. But yeah. Anyway, I guess we're done talking about fuck Disney assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ralph, you had uh well, yeah, Midsummer, the director's cut came out in well Hollywood only right now. Oh, really? LA right now. It's only LA. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, but it's mm. coming out like a little wider, I think next weekend. But people were curious whiter. like what the differences are. A little wider. <laughs> did did I say wider? I mean, who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great. It was almost three hours long. They didn't add a lot of disturbing stuff, which is like people. I think that's what they're most curious about. If there's mm-hmm. any like more gore, yeah, I just want to know the shit. Differences. Right. Is this a spoiler? <laughs> not thing? Yeah. really. Um, n- no. Okay. Not really. I mean, because uh, there's one scene. I think this is probably the best scene that they added. But it's like the basic premise of the movie. It's when the boyfriend invites Danny to Sweden with them. That was probably the best scene they added. They actually show their whole like argument. That's and cool. And how he he hmm. like she eventually kind of guilts him into inviting her. Oh really? Like, that was all great to see, and it made the scene after way more uh, funny because you know like what's gonna happen and like how he's gonna reveal this info to his friends. Um, mm-hmm. So they they just added a lot more of their relationship, and it's funnier because they give like Will Poulter more stupid lines and stuff mm. like that. So uh, yeah, it was actually funnier than the than the regular theatrical cut. Does it make the turn to the cult seem a bit more? Um, I don't know, slowly paced or more? Yeah, especially and... toward the end because they had a lot more stuff toward the end. They had yeah. a whole scene at night. There's a whole ritual scene at night followed by an argument uh, between them, and that makes really? the kind of uh, the slow descent of Danny into like giving into this cult and doing the drugs. It mm. makes more sense. Oh, okay. In that context. That yeah. sounds really cool, actually. Yeah. It's like half an hour I longer. I mean, it's longer. Right. I understand why it was cut down, because it is mm. significantly longer. And the arguments feel like real arguments. They're, like, going back and forth in circles and everything. <laughs> like, he walks away, and then he comes back to her, and he walks away again. Yeah. It feels like a real couple fighting. It's hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds dank. If anyone was curious. I hope it comes out at some point. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's coming out with the Blu-ray. Oh, really? Not really. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so they Why can release it later be? and charge more money. That's what they do. 
Maybe it'll be like you can get it on like uh, iTunes or something. I don't know. Yeah, there'll be a torrent of it somewhere. They have to release it somehow. Yeah. Not just yeah. in L.A. <laughs> That's what happened with the the house that Jack built. They had that like director's cut of it, but they had only it only came out like in a few theaters. No, I think you can. Isn't there like an unrated cut that you can get like as a on the Blu-ray or online or something? Now, maybe now, yeah, but so. like for a long time you couldn't. The unrated cut came out on YouTube for like a day. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then they got rid of it. I don't understand why they did that either. You know what I wish we could These see? These make no sense. Is what? the single film version of Kill Bill that only screens mm. like in Japan yeah. and you can't get anywhere on Blu-ray or anything? I would love to see that yeah. shit. Damn the it! Whole bloody affair. I think yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, pisses me off that I can't see it. I wish, I really wish it's I could. Just, it's just money just sat at the side, like. I feel like I say it every episode. Like <laughs> the people who are fans of film, they want to spend money on it. They want to watch yeah. the the films that ha- like in different ways that they've been shown around the world and whatever, and like right. different cuts and everything. But there's never like a consistent good way of being able to get our hands on them. Like most of the time, it's just like it just winds up being torrents, like you said, because <laughs> it's just the easiest, the most simple way. It's really sad because now with digital distribution you'd think that it's the easiest fucking thing in the world to do yeah if you have extra frustrating a copy of the film which you do because you own the rights to it and you're literally just sitting on it preventing other people from watching it why not Mm -hmm. just hire some intern or whatever to like click a button and upload it to itunes and that's it but I was yeah. thinking that with like there's there's so many films from the uh, 2007 list I'm doing that are either way too hard to find or don't have any HD copies. Even though it's like you know that the the film exists in HD, but there was only ever mm-hmm. a DVD because it's 2007, and it's like oh well, digital distribution didn't exist yet, and it wasn't popular enough for a Blu-ray, which was a relatively new format at the time, and so sony pictures classics or whatever will just sit on it and it's like how many of these films do they have where all they would need to do is just get some intern to click a button i mean i'm sure there's more paperwork than that obviously and there might be you know there's obviously going to be costs associated with it but you'd think that it existing on itunes and displaying as oh this movie is in hd that more people would want to watch it because, like, more people want to see things in HD now. Like, that's a thing that matters, actually. It's in actually. HD, and it's, it's convenient. Yeah. It's like advertising for your film. Like, more people will buy it. Perhaps the reason why it isn't selling as well is because it's not in HD. It exists. It's, it's not just, available. Just click a people button. People don't even know about it. If it's, like, on a like if it's on Netflix or something, it's right there. Everyone sees it. If you, like, hide these films away and don't release them on the internet and give them no digital distribution, no one even fucking knows about them. Yeah. You can't find them. I have I have issues with those films like on your list, Adam. Sometimes yeah, they're hard to find. Some of them yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of them are really, really, really difficult to find. Unless I go on Solar Movie or something. Yeah, which I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some that are kind of impossible to find, and I think that yeah. a lot of this is just coming out of the issues with copyright law in the first place, where it's like mm-hmm. I don't know what did it used to be like twenty years or something. Used to be, and then it was like yeah. until the artist's death, and now yeah. it's like eight billion years Life after they 90. die. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, we don't want to money to keep up this shit to push the day. <laughs> yeah, it's like we don't we don't want to give up these properties, but we don't want to sell them to you either. What are you doing? It's just ownership. It's just keeping things away from other people. 
it's basically just censorship at this point where it's like the property's so mm-hmm. old it should be public domain <sighs> what a piss off piss off <laughs> actually a piss off it actually makes me upset i think i think there should be less restrictions on art i think that people should be more free to use art how they want yeah agreed thanks disney thank you very much i'll be back you fucking mouse goddamn <laughs> pricks that's the worst part is that they're so bland it's so bland they own all these properties and they're not going to do anything with it yeah because they always play it safe yeah <laughs> it's not about art it's not about no, art in the slightest art. like what, what is so a movie anymore isn't it yeah it's a factory product it's the same as their merchandise <laughs> just pump it out on a right. conveyor belt it has to appeal to the most people possible, yeah. which I understand. But when every film is that, it's going to become a problem <laughs> because yeah. no one—I don't—at I, least I don't want to watch that. If Disney had their way, there would be no challenging films in existence because they would own every right. single property and they would never make one. <laughs> they would just make every film. Yeah, if Disney had their way, they would make it illegal to make another movie. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "We're only allowed to make movies." Sorry, that's what they would honestly <laughs> want. They're like the Nestle of yeah. movie studios. <laughs> They're fucked. Anyway, um, I guess we're going to uh, Ralph's recommendation. Yeah. Spoiler warning. It's an Italian movie. Yeah, spoiler warning. Uh, the movie's called Cinema Paradiso. It's a movie about a young boy who discovers a, a love for cinema at his local cineplex called Cinema Paradiso. And he also befriends a projectionist named Alfredo, right? I think it's Alfredo. Yeah, good name. And it's, it's, yeah, it's about a few things. It's like a coming-of-age story. It's about growing up and missing your childhood, having a longing for a past. It's about, like, cinema's impact on Italy during World War II and how it provided escapism for all these people who were going through a lot of, going through hard times, basically. And, yeah, it's considered one of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you guys thought of it. Also, there's two different cuts of it. Yes. There's a director's cut and there's a, a regular theatrical cut. Yeah. So, Adam, you watched the theatrical cut. Yes, I did. <laughs> right? And Alex, you watched which one? Um, Apparently, it's called the international cut. <laughs> the international uh, cut. How long was it? <laughs> it, 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 I think... it was about two hours, ten minutes or so. Okay, so then we both watched like the theatrical. The theatrical. All right. Yeah. Okay. Which is great. I've seen both, so okay. it doesn't matter. Okay, good. Yeah. You can cover both bases then. I understand why the theatrical cut is the theatrical cut, and that's the one that most people have seen and like. Mm-hmm. I prefer the director's cut because it's longer, and the biggest difference is it elaborates more on that last act mm. where he's an adult and he's longing for his childhood. It focuses more on his like relationship with that girl yeah. from when he was younger. Right. It shows more like, yeah, just more of him being an adult. Um, and that's kind of gone from the the theatrical cut. Yeah. Because the best stuff is the beginning, and I understand why. The stuff with the kid. It is seen as more of like a resolution to the other events than kind of like its own thing in the theatrical mm-hmm. cut. Exactly. It's like a little epilogue almost. I did really enjoy it. I'd be willing to watch it again mm-hmm. for sure. I'd be interested to see what the theatrical cut is like, or sorry, the director's cut, I mean. Uh, One of my reservations would be that even in the theatrical cut, although I really loved it, um, I did find aspects to be a little repetitive, and I'm just wondering how much of that would carry through. 
uh, into the mm. director's cut. Because, like, as it is, I feel like from what I understand about the director's cut and what's missing in the theatrical cut, I don't really... I don't know how that still couldn't be in, like, a two-hour, ten-minute movie or something. Because I, I feel like there's there's things that were repeated to an extent in the mm -hmm. theatrical cut that you probably could have condensed and still had basically the same experience while being able to fit in more of the other storylines that were missing. I feel that way too, but I don't I think what the studio thought anyway was people preferred the stuff with the kid and Alfredo. Kids are cute. Yeah, kids are cute, kids yeah. sell. Mm -hmm. And all that stuff is more um mystical and fun yeah. than the last like act, which is pretty depressing. Yeah. That's the stuff most people connect to in yeah. the film. Yeah, it, it is more marketable, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's why I think they went with it. And I understand it, and I think it's a faster-paced, slightly more entertaining movie, but the director's cut is a better film in mm. that it, it elaborates on those parts right. a little more. Yeah. Thematically makes more I could sense. See that. It's deeper. I can see that. Yeah. I really, I really did like what it was going for, and I love mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. score from Ennio Morricone. I don't know how to pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, Ennio Morricone. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Didn't even win yeah, an Oscar until Hateful Eight or something, but right. Yeah, what did you think, Alex? I, I did really like it. I didn't. I can't say I, I loved it. Um, maybe I will if I watch the extended version, but. It sort of kept really winning me and then really losing me, but in ways like what you were saying with how there are just things here and there that are like, why are you spending so much time on little things like this to the point where it almost feels a bit um, self-indulgent just because like, yeah, I get it. Cinema's awesome, but I want to see more directly how this affects the main character as opposed to just like random people in the audience just like crying for ages and like the, oh, it's supposed yeah. to be like a comedic mm -hmm you know, yeah. sort of intent. And it is funny to a certain degree, but <laughs> with how long the film is, I would have liked, as you say, like an extended one for there to be more for the main character's development than mm -hmm. on little details like that. Did you guys have issue with the scenes where they were like watching the films? I never felt as though any particular scene was too long, but I did feel as though they showed the same scene too many times, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like we, we got really nice scenes that were great, but then they kind of just showed like different variations of the same scene that didn't really add as much to it as I was hoping. The scenes themselves yeah, are great, but you know, when you only, when you show them too many times, it's like, hmm, you could probably fit some other, like it, it had me wondering about like what was missing from the director's cut and how it could be fit in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It like had its priorities in a certain like stack that just for my preference i didn't always prefer like for example i i kept waiting for there to be more elaboration on the well we are in spoilers obviously where the, the guy goes blind mm -hmm. um oh, i was hoping there'd be a bit more development between him and the kid just to sort of explain why he's like so like infatuated with this little boy <laughs> like i thought for sure they were going to reveal like Oh, he like lost a kid or something, or had a kid that like maybe died. I like in that they didn't go like that. that way. I yeah, just I saw it really as Alfredo that... never really had a life. He was kind of trapped in this projection booth <laughs> his whole life, and he wanted this kid to just be better than him. Yeah. All this kid wanted to be was him, and Alfredo knew this is not a good life. I just want this kid to get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And mm. Uh, again, going back to the director's cut, there's a gift that Alfredo gives him uh, for the end which is like the old pieces of, of film that were stripped away by the priest. 
which is a whole thing we're going to talk about. But That's it in the was, theatrical, it's isn't more it? elaborated. Yeah, it is, okay. but it's more elaborated on in the director's cut, and there's more of a punch to that okay. finale because there's more like build up and uh, to that. I really did love how that was incorporated. I thought that that was really clever because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, it, it's, like, yeah, it's a very powerful moment. Initially, it serves its purpose as just kind of like a commentary on religious censorship, and then it becomes yeah. a lot more. And it also really influences how, you know, the the kissing scenes between the actual main character and his love in the film, like it 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 really makes that more impactful too. I think that it's mm-hmm. it's really really clever in how it's presented. Well, yeah, I didn't expect that from the movie. Um, just how much there would be to it in terms of like all the different thematic threads that are going on, like the coming of age story, like these religious elements, like the war elements. Like, there's a lot going on in the movie. Loads of different like character motivations and like time periods and time jumps. Like, there's a lot to deconstruct. And I, I have found the longer it's gone since watching it, and more thinking about it it has gotten better to me and i do see especially why you ralph like really adore it because it is this like celebration of cinema as well that's in there obviously it's a huge yeah. element in the same way it is in films like it reminded me of hugo a bit or um mm-hmm. in, in inglorious bastards with where the main characters kind of using cinema to overcome like and get revenge and you know that kind of thing uh, yeah, and film nonsense, reels yeah. catching on fire <laughs> right it definitely reminded me of those both of those movies yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I love the the technical aspects to this film are great. Mm-hmm. I think it looks mm-hmm. great. The sets, especially the cinema Paradiso set, both of them, because there's a before and after it burns down. Yeah, yeah both yeah. of those are excellent, and they're so big, and they feel so real, and like like those seats have been sat in a thousand times. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Like the level of authenticity. Yeah, it does that. have great production design. Like that's mm-hmm. that's awesome for sure. It reminded me of, uh, there was a movie I watched for my 2007 list uh, called To Each His Own Cinema, and it was basically like this weird movie that screened at Cannes where um, I think that each director had five minutes to make a short film, and it has a bunch of like mm. big-name directors on it. It's got David Lynch, it's got uh, Coen Brothers, it's got uh, Inyaritu, like a bunch, bunch of names, and it kind of mm-hmm. goes along the same theme of like... Okay, this is you're you're basically making a short film explaining your love for cinema or showcasing it in a way. And although that film had, you know, a few good ones, like I I feel like they didn't really communicate that feeling as well as this movie did. I feel like this movie did a much mm-hmm. better job. Sure, it had a lot longer to do it, but even like a 5-minute version of this movie, Cinema Paradiso, would have serviced better than most of the films in that uh in that short film compilation basically so i think i think that in terms of like communicating like a love and appreciation for cinema this is one of the best movies for that mm-hmm. yeah i also like there is a separation of class within the theater there's like the mezzanine with like the, yeah. the rich people and they mm-hmm. kind of spit yeah. on the the poor people who sit on like literally like pull out chairs <laughs> like and stools and some of them are like fucking like downstairs and smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> it's great. I thought all that stuff was so funny. That's why I didn't mind the the theater scenes at all. Even though they were a little indulgent. I just thought th- those characters were so funny. And when you see them at the end and the theater burns down or the theater is uh, taken down because they're replacing it with a parking lot or something, it's it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's very sad to see these people who were having these great times at this theater just like... Yeah, you know, that's what I, that's what I really past. liked about the movie was how sort mm-hmm. of unflinching it was with 
It is. It could easily. You could see how incredibly over the top smaltzy this could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't hold back with scenes where, like, they show kids like getting smacked hardcore by their mums. Yeah, there's like uh, actually a very accurate period piece to exactly, like Italy. Yeah, yeah. Love the kids really are abused in class. Real. Yeah, the kids fucking beating the shit out of by yeah. the teacher. And it, it's great. And that helps to ground everything and enhances the comedy because you mm-hmm. really believe what's going on. So having like these weird, quirky characters like that guy who claims to own the square or whatever, the homeless guy who'd like come in yeah. and like push people and shove them and scream and stuff. There's lots of screaming <laughs> yeah. in the movie. It just makes it it just feel way more natural. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that, that was a real big takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot about like the repression of sexuality in this movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more present in the director's cut again because there's like a whole sex scene with the with the girl, mm-hmm. and then he says, "Well, she says you're a bull now," and then he kills a bull. I oh. don't think that's in the theatrical cut. No, right? yeah, that's not in the. He kills yeah, the bull and that's in like the a major cut, but he, there wasn't the scene. Yeah, prior. but they don't. Yeah, not not the yeah sex scene. Right, and it completely removes the impact of that shot because it, it doesn't have that scene before it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, that's a whole thing. I can again, I get why they cut it out of the movie because you want to watch a movie about this fun kid in the cinema. You don't want to watch like a movie about yeah. the oppression of sexuality in Italy in the 1940s. <laughs> but I, I, I do still feel as though everything in the theatrical cut could be thoroughly communicated while also very likely bringing in what what was missing from the director's cut. Yeah. Again, like no no mm-hmm. scene was too long, but there were too many of those scenes. This is the only yeah. issue. It's like this scene would start and then end and it's yeah, like, oh, that was exactly awesome. But then then mm-hmm. they would just just do like slight variations of basically the same thing and just add like tiny little things each time to the point where it was like, oh, well, you know, the the, the what what was communicated in an hour could have been communicated in I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 something like that yeah like i still feel that's, like there was that's basically what i was trying to say a yeah. good amount of room to to yeah. put whatever you wanted in like the the, mm-hmm. the what was cut out of the director's cut didn't necessarily need to be i think yeah i, I agree but i understand why mm-hmm. <laughs> i think the strongest thing about this film even after all that we talked about is the relationship between toto and alfredo mm-hmm. that felt very strong to me and i really connected with that a lot Mimo, dark as well. Mimo, yeah, it is. Mimo Pintacuda is the guy Alfredo is based on. He's a projectionist who actually taught that actor how to use film projectors for the movie. Nice. He died like five years ago. Oh, but nice. it's a real, it's basically a real guy he based that character on. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I just thought that was fun. Yeah. And the, the kid actor was great too. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't bug me at all, really. No. Yeah, he was so. very funny. Very, very cute. Very like mischievous or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There was a great dynamic between him and Alfredo that was really mm-hmm. thoroughly present. Like from the moment that they start interacting, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get this movie. I see why people like it. Just the dynamic yeah. between those characters is very watchable. Every scene with them is great. Even uh, Toto with his friends, like his normal kid friends, they t- they act like real kids, and they're mischievous, mm-hmm. like he said. They're smoking yeah. cigarettes, and <laughs> they like freak out when they see a girl on screen. Mm-hmm. That was oh, yeah. funny too. That's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It is really just like a love letter to like cinema and Italy mm-hmm. and like nostalgia, sentimentality. You know, like there's a lot of these themes that are in the film that 
you know, you, you can tell that it's coming from a good place and a genuine place. Mm hmm. But it's all balanced really well. And it's yeah. not like forced or pretentious like it's the not, last film we talked about, Southland, Southland Tales, Tales yeah. <laughs> which was also juggling a lot of different themes. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Didn't work. <laughs> That's because this is focused on a single character and his journey through life and how he's different at the end than he is at the beginning. Because that's what yeah. really ties it together, is that scene at the end, the sort of last act where he is an adult looking back on his past, like a, mm -hmm. with a nostalgic sort of view. We see the same exact footage, but it has a whole new meaning. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah, what's really so powerful writing, about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not a forgettable movie. It's certainly one that, oh, no. you know, left an impression. And I would mm -hmm. definitely be willing to see the, uh, the director's cut, but... I do kind of wish that there were there was a more strategic uh, cut in terms of just like how many scenes existed or like how many of the same similar scenes existed. I just watched uh, the new Apocalypse Now cut. So something kind of like that mm. where it's like halfway between the theatrical and the redux. Like there's there's somewhere in between right, yeah, yeah. that you can get. No, I agree with you. That's, ex that's exactly my thoughts too. Yeah. To compare, the third act in, in the director's cut is 18 minutes, like 18 and a half minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the director's cut is 47 minutes. Wow. <laughs> like that whole last chunk with him wow. as an adult. Yeah. So okay, so that's, that's most mostly, of it is like the end then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's that. Yeah. Okay. Do that makes more sense. Do they more into the main character's kind of regrets or anything? Because there's that brief scene that's really good where he's talking to his mother about how he does feel like he regrets and feels like he abandoned them. And that sort of yeah. thing is, is all that sort of delved into a bit more because that's mm -hmm. really interesting. You see more to me. of like his time at in war, like how he got discharged at the war and came back. Right. Yeah, the, more of that stuff as well. I love how they were eating salad out of a cactus. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot touch. of really like kind of uh, like quirky personal scenes in there that it doesn't feel so out of place, but it does feel like weird and kind of unique. Yeah, mm -hmm. the tone of it is very light, so it works. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite shots is like when he's uh he's like stalking the girl outside, waiting outside for her, and mm -hmm. then he walks down the street at night, and there's like fireworks and people throwing dishes and everything because it's New Year's. That was like really impressive, like the coordination of all that mm -hmm. and all that's practical. I'm guessing. I love how the <laughs> the uh the word for the end is fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just at the end of the movie. Fine, Fine. in all caps. <laughs> Fine. That's funny to me. Fine. <laughs> I know. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But fine is. Yeah, the movie was fine. I, I the the only one moment where I was kind of like, hmm, in the the movie was uh, when Alfredo was on fire and his legs <laughs> were like oh, getting yeah. burnt to a crisp, and then he passes out, and then his legs are like not on fire yeah, anymore. Yeah, I thought that character was done for. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. I was like, how did your legs stop being on fire? But um, <laughs> it didn't didn't like ruin the movie for me or anything. Right. It was just kind of like <laughs> you don't you don't want the kid pulling him down by legs that are on fire. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I think my the the score is probably one of the strongest aspects for me. I really love the yeah. music. And I know he's done tons of Italian movies, but I guess I'm a little less familiar with um, older Italian movies, especially. Like I've seen, I've seen a few Italian movies. Uh, most of them are more recent, and so I think there's elements, not only I guess in film, but.
but also probably culturally that if I was more familiar with them, then this film would probably connect with me on a, on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not to say it didn't connect with me, but yeah. there's definitely, well, there, there's we, definitely we something. We talked about that... like a uh, happy as Lazaro yeah. before on this podcast. And that was like mm -hmm. an Italian movie. And that was very similar to this. Yeah. It, it, it kind of has me. similar themes as that of growing up and, you know, longing for the past. Mm -hmm. So what would you guys rate it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, pretty much on the same lines as adam i think by the by the ways you described it you basically plucked that from my like brain like the exact feeling i was like it's hard to put like a finger on some of the things like you perceive that don't work in terms of things like how long it feels at points but yeah it did just push and pull me all the way through and it wasn't until the last act with the scene where he is watching that reel where i was like okay no, this really does like kind of connect with me on an emotional level, which kind of elevates it for me. So, yeah, I think I reckon four stars out of five. Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely one I don't want to rush back to revisit anytime soon, but I feel like when I do in the future, I'll need to jump into the extended director's cut, and I'm sure I'll get more out of it then too. It's, it's one of those movies. There's a lot going on. There's mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot to break down, even down to like a weird detail, detail I noticed about just how some of the jokes were written were really funny to me in terms of like one of the punchlines is that there's a character whose like parents are communist or something. And that's the punchline <laughs> just because it was released in the 80s, like in the Cold War. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really enjoy little parts. things like that. Yeah. Like he's yeah. moving away and he can't hug the kid. <laughs> yeah. It's like my and dad that, says you're a like, communist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and yeah. that was the punchline. That was that was really cute to me. It is, it yeah. is a cute movie. It's 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 quaint and nice, and it has a little bit more going on than, than just being like a heartfelt sort of love letter. It does it does throw interesting like ideas in there. Like they 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 directly address at one point how the blind guy says how he thinks the kissing scenes go on too long or whatever, and then there's like a really long kissing scene later in the movie that's like the exact same thing. Like it. Yeah. It's just a clever film overall that, yeah, I'd really recommend and I can totally see why you, you love it the way you do. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Uh, there's a lot I love about it. It did connect with me emotionally, but I feel as though a more thorough understanding of what the film is as a whole will likely contribute to me enjoying it more the next time I see it. Again, not rushing back to see it, but it is something I'll definitely see again. Probably, I mean, I have both cuts on the Blu-ray, so I'll probably watch the director's cut next time. And I'd like to see the differences. Mm -hmm. There's a lot about it that is very natural, very funny. Again, loved the uh, <laughs> abusive teacher scene. You know, I think everybody's <laughs> everybody's boomer parents talk about how like, oh yeah, you're just <laughs> yeah. teachers were just allowed to beat the children in the schools, <laughs> and that was our experience. <laughs> yeah. you know? So I, I love that it just captures that kind of thing. There's a lot of personality to it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would give it, right now, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this about me, but I'm much more comfortable giving a, a low rating and then bring it up higher later than I am giving it too high and then maybe bring it down. But uh, right. right now, I'm giving it a, a high 7, closer to an 8 than a 6, and I'd imagine it'll uh, go up to an 8 later. Cool. Nice. But you, Ralph? So... I thought it was great, obviously. <laughs> I give it five stars. Yeah, I've seen it many times. I think both cuts are pretty terrific. To compare, Roger Ebert gave the the director's cut four stars and the theatrical cut three stars. Okay. So I guess right. it made a big difference for him. 
Um, but yeah, like everything you guys said, I thought the relationship between those main two were great. I love how it pays homage to cinema. It's really well made. It's very funny. It's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend it. If you haven't watched it, if you've listened to this whole discussion and you still haven't watched it, please do. <laughs> yeah. I love when the children tied the guy's shoes together. I was like, he could have yeah. died. <laughs> or when they were clapped like, while he was asleep. <laughs> that was pretty funny, too. Yeah. They put a fly in his mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy's sitting. Died. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, choking on it. <laughs> and they're just laughing at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little rascals. Yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> Time for some questions. Let's do it. We got lots of good questions this week from the Sardonicast Reddit, where you can leave your own questions if you'd like. Head over to the suggestions thread, which is normally pinned at the top by Ralph. Okay, let's start with one that I can't believe we haven't answered before from Joshua Six, who says, "Who's your favorite actor and actress?" Hmm. I don't think we've ever answered that before. <laughs> I got a few somehow. Yeah. Tilda Swinton's one of my favorites. Walking mm, Phoenix, one of my favorites. Like those, those are the two I think of in terms of like I guess male and female actors that uh, jump out of my mind right away. So I would say Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, he's up there. He's great. Uh, Robert De Niro, although as a person he's like shy and says some stupid shit. He, he, as an actor, he's pretty fantastic, and he's been a lot of my favorite movies. So, mm-hmm. mm. and he's Italian. Yeah, they got him up on the wall in the pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that the answers were going to be like Daniel Day Lewis and stuff like that. So I, I was like, you know what? Who I really respect more than than your Daniel Day Lewis's and Tom Hanks or whoever? It's these like character actors who elevate every movie they're in, but um, mm-hmm. they don't get the limelight in the same way. And I've got a, never a, a couple favorites. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I, <laughs> Michael Stolberg, is that how you say it? Yeah. He, Who's he? He's a great actor. He's he, he was the lead in um, that Coen Brothers movie, A Serious Man. Oh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's shown yeah. up in a bunch of different movies, and I, every time he's in anything, it really it really just improves it a lot for me. Like, even mm-hmm. in films that suck, he's always like, yeah, you were good. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Men in Black 3, that film's not good. But he's right. like, yeah, he's, your character's he's the best really likable. Exactly. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes he's him. He's in a, a really great Boardwalk actor. Empire. He plays Arnold Rothstein. Mm-hmm. He's great in that. He's in Shape of Water, the Russian yeah. spy. Yeah. That's the thing. He has so much range too. He goes from exactly, Russians yeah. to New Yorkers to aliens to British people. <laughs> it's crazy. He's very good. That's a part of a weird problem where if if someone is too good at being a character actor, then people don't <laughs> yeah, recognize them from film to film. And then they're not as much yeah. of a celebrity name actor. And so they're like, yeah. they just don't get paid as much as someone like, you yeah. know, I guess The Rock, who <laughs> just gets paid playing the same right. character. Or they're in time. like challenging films where they play disturbed or challenging mm-hmm. characters, I guess. And Hollywood doesn't like that image of them out there. They'd rather have a clean slate like Dwayne mm. Johnson, you know, just a guy who's always yeah. been friendly and family oriented, all that shit. Mm-hmm. So it sucks. Yeah, I have another Philip one. Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of has that. Oh yeah, Seymour Hoffman. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman's for sure one of my yeah, favorites. That's an obvious answer. I miss him. But on that same line, there was a guy, um, David Thewlis. 
Who he's that? in. He's been in all sorts of stuff. I, I could be just totally butchering his name, but he's he's the main voice in Anomalisa. He's oh, also one of those similar yeah. actors. He's just in all sorts of stuff, and I really like him. What else has he been in? Um, most people know him from like Harry Potter. He has a brief scene in oh. um, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, he's he's been in all sorts. He, like even in like some cartoons and stuff. He's done voices. Hmm. He's he's got one of those IMDb's where if you open it, it's just <laughs> huge chunks. He's been in so much stuff. When you say main voice, do you mean main character? In Anomaly. No, so. sorry. What being a voice actor? No, not not like a main character, but like you know, recurring characters and whatnot and stuff. No, like who was he in Anomalisa? I might be getting Oh, he was the main character. Okay, yeah, when you said main voice, I thought you meant all the voices. I forget that oh, guy's sorry. name. Oh, no, sorry, no, 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 yeah, yeah, I realize why that's confusing. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll, no, I'll yeah, he was the main guy, character, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to say, as a comedic actor, I think Sasha Baron Cohen is one of my favorites. Mm, he has sure. an ability to stay in character, oh, even yeah. when he's doing the fucking craziest shit. That I don't think I've seen anyone else be able to like pull off. He's got literally balls. going to like Israel dressed in a gay like parody outfit. No fear. <laughs> no fear at all. Committed. <laughs> and I respect that a lot. I would say Rachel Weiss for Rachel Weiss female is great. actors. Yeah, mm. I think Rachel Weiss is excellent. Emma Stone has come into you know yeah. high regard now too. Birdman mm-hmm. and the favorite. She's really good. La La Land, yeah. Yeah. I think Kate Winslet has been good. For sure. Like mm-hmm. Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. She's the best actor in Titanic. She's way better than Leo in that. Mm-hmm. Would you say Natalie Portman for a I love Natalie Portman actor? actually. Yeah. She's awesome. She's been in a lot of she's, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, she she wasn't she she hasn't been convincing in every single role in Brothers. I was like, You're not a mom. I'm sorry. And she, she didn't have much to work with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. but in the right role, she needs like a a good supportive director to be there with to to work off of in a lot of cases uh-huh. and aronofsky but mm. when she has that she's like fantastic kate blanchett Agreed. is also really great mm-hmm. yeah she's awesome yeah. She's really i can't say this guy's Allen name movie. but he's in so many great movies Chewetel Echiofor? Yeah. The guy in yeah. 12 Years a Slave. Slave. He's awesome. And Children of Men. He's fantastic. He's like the villain in that. Yeah. You know who really surprised me? He's in Lion King. Is uh, another <laughs> another actor from 12 Years a Slave, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, I had no idea yeah. how much range she had until I saw her in uh, Us, the new oh, yeah. Jordan Peele. She's the best part of Us. Yeah, she that was really insane. She, like, yeah. Yeah. she stole the yeah. whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think we covered that one pretty well. PT Elite has one for us. It's written in all caps, so I'm not going to scream it for your sake, but... Please, for sure. God's sake, ninth episode I've asked in a row. What are your favorite foods slash snacks to eat whilst watching a movie? <laughs> Love Ooh, you, boys. Nice. <laughs> Make a nice hot cup of chocolate. Uh, chocolate bar. Hot chocolate. Ice cream. Interesting. Yeah. Anything chocolate. Wow. <laughs> just chocolate, right. Oh, I mean, like, I guess when I'm watching TV at home or, like, yeah. watching a movie at home. Yeah, anything chocolate. In the theater, I don't know, milk duds and nachos. What's a milk dud? <laughs> a milk dud's a, like a yeah. chocolate with a little, like, I think, something in the middle. It's yeah, good. it's like milk chocolate, <laughs> and it's kind of like... It's like a chocolate bar. No, yeah, but they're like little, little, they're like little Hershey's Kisses almost. They're like, like uh, Junior Mints, kind of, except not yeah. Mints. Uh, I don't know what a Junior Mint is. <laughs> oh my god. You know in Seinfeld where he what, loses you know a what, Junior you know Mint? What a, uh... Biscuit Isle. <laughs> 
Do you know what a Jaffa cake is? Oh, no. A Jaffa cake, Jaffa yeah. Cake. We're back I know that again. Yodscast. <laughs> I watch Yodscast all the time. And he fucking, Honeydew always talked about fucking those things. Jaffa cakes were his favorite. Jaffa about cakes, fucking those things? Try one. Double deckers, wine gums, <laughs> flakes, wine gums are awesome. lime bars. I love wine gums. Yeah. No. Have you guys had like Twinkies or any of that I've shit? I've had a Twinkie Hostess? before and it was rubbish. Yeah. I had a lion bar for the first time when I was in an airport in Cannes. Well, not, it wasn't a Cannes airport. Oh, but yeah. On my way to Cannes. Yeah. And I discovered it there. I was like, there's a lion on this one. I'll take it. <laughs> do, do you guys have rock? <laughs> what? <laughs> We've got the Let's rock. Just go rock. <laughs> is it spelt like rock? R O C K. Is it like yeah. some clever? It's just, oh, so it's not even clever spelling. It's just from <laughs> no. rock. Okay. You don't have rock over there? It's like it's the it's the fucking awful. I hate rock. It's oh, okay. like it's it's like an actual stick. Like imagine a stereotypical kind of stick you'd throw for a dog to fetch. It's like a stick of pure <laughs> sugar, effectively, like a lollipop, nice. but in a stick form, without any other way to hold it. It's just wrapped up in plastic, and you just suck on it. <laughs> oh, okay. My uh, my favorite chocolate bar is uh, Coffee Crisp, which I think is only in Canada. Even though it's from Nestle, yeah, familiar. but it's I love delicious. Hershey's. Yeah. Hershey's is the best, and they got a little factory in Philadelphia with a muse- an amusement park. <laughs> Not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Do you guys have Big Turk? No, it's, it's a not. really, really polarizing chocolate bar, where it's like basically kind of like strawberry jam gelatin in chocolate. That sounds gross. I know it's it's gross to a I'm lot of people. Nice like I'm not into like stuff in the chocolate bar. Maybe some nuts. That's it. Hmm. Um, I guess my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I realize that can be interpreted. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, whatever. I saw the opportunity. I didn't take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figured you saw the opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, things that I snack on during movies most of the time would be uh, usually uh, like there's this really good popcorn called Boom Chicka Pop that uh, they have. Every time I go to the States, I only see, like, the most high-calorie, sugar-infested flavors. <laughs> but if you in Canada, you can find the, like, sea salt one, and it's, like, actually super, super low-calorie and healthy and tastes delicious. It doesn't go stale. It just, like, you just keep it in a bag. It doesn't even have to be, like, heated up or anything. They just sell them, like, already popped popcorn, and it's delicious. I, I usually eat that or, like, there's a chip called Popcorners, which is, like, chips made pop out chips. of popped corn if that makes yeah. sense those yeah, are also those, really yeah. good and pretty pop chips. you know relatively low calorie compared to other snack food um mm. and then other than that i guess just booze drinks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah booze do you ever good. do you ever actually bother like paying for anything though at an actual theater um i find no. i've only done it like twice in my life like i just can't <laughs> i usually bring so stuff overpriced. in yeah, yeah. i usually yeah, bring exactly. in a water yeah. Uh, if it's hot food. Although now they have like theaters where you can sit down and a waiter comes over yeah. and there's a table. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? You can get a gourmet chicken sandwich. If I'm going to go to the Alamo Draft House, I'm probably going to get food from there because it's really good food. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it's good though. Yeah. But at the the Canadian equivalent, which is like the Cineplex VIP theater, their food sucks. Their cocktails suck. Like if you want to drink there, <laughs> you got to 
you 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 got to order something familiar that's like off menu. You got to get like gin and soda or something. Because if you get a cocktail from their menu, it's just like the most sugar infested, like disgusting syrupy drink. Right. All their food's garbage. So it's like, oh, well, they serve food <laughs> at the theater, but I usually meet up with friends to do food somewhere else before the movie. Yeah, because it's a movie theater. They're not good at that. <laughs> that's not yeah. their job. Alamo Drafthouse <laughs> seems to be great at it. Yeah, Alamo's, of course, I guess because the owner knows that he wants his customers to have a great experience. Yeah. He probably puts a lot of time and effort into making shirts of quality. Yeah. And not yeah. every theater can do that because you need a really dedicated owner. Yeah. Cares. And when Disney's name. taking all your money away, why would you even give a fuck about giving a good cocktail? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, depends. Depends on the movie. Just like pizza. Yeah. I watched Spider-Man 2, and I we ordered pizza, and we ate it when he said pizza time. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I did a Google search. I was like, how far into the movie does he say pizza time? And we timed it. <laughs> did it come right up? Uh, we or had the pizza had slightly before, it? but then we just we held off from eating it until until he said the line, and then we all shouted pizza time, and we all uh. ate pizza. Sometimes I like uh like sort of themed meals or drinks for movies. There was a there were a couple movies um in Rosemary's Baby, they make a drink. Fuck, what was it called? Anyway, the uh the characters make a drink and I was like, I'm going to make that drink and I look up on Wikipedia, I'm like, what are the ingredients? And then I make the drink and I come come back and finish the rest of the movie. And then on uh same same thing with uh the uh Zodiac from David Fincher. The Jake mm. Gyllenhaal's like, oh, this is an aqua velva. Oh yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, make an totally aqua yeah. velva, and I just had the ingredients. And sometimes I just do that. Oh, perfect. Did you try that drink? Um, the dude always drinks in the Big Lebowski. Oh what? Doesn't white he drink? Russian. Oh yeah, I've had tons of white Russians. That's an easy one. They're pretty gross. I like them. <laughs> I don't like white Russians. Uh, not my thing. Maybe you need a better yeah, bartender. Maybe you feel a bit sick. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I haven't had. Maybe the dude needs to make me one. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Now I'm just hungry. Thanks, guys. Does no have popcorn? problem. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess popcorn yeah. too. I didn't even mention just normal popcorn. Yeah, some places that, make it better than others. That's probably stale. Though. Yeah, some places have <laughs> really gross popcorn. It's like I don't know. Yeah, we don't we don't have that butter thing. That you oh, do. really? I don't know if you do it in Canada where they yeah we do. They literally what pour butter on it. It's yeah. optional. I mean, okay. it's an extra charge. Is it not like? <laughs> Can you what, use your hands? Really, the butter's just like yeah. You just get a lot of napkins <laughs> yeah, if you're you, smart. Yeah, you pour it. Or if you, it and if you don't you plan ahead, you wipe around. it on your fucking pants like a monster. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Is it actually nice? Like I've yeah, never had popcorn? the option to try. Yeah. I mean. If you like butter, what is the butter though? Is it's it like butter. just liquefied butter poured? Yeah, it's liquefied it. butter, and it comes out of a little nozzle, and you push it, <laughs> yeah. and then you shake the popcorn around, so it kind of mixes in around a little bit. Yeah, and then you eat oh. out of that. I don't put a lot, but I guess if uh, I guess someone would put like a fuck ton of butter on it, then yeah, <laughs> their hands would be all greasy and disgusting. <laughs> they just wipe it on the the chair. We'll try it one day. <laughs> I don't even on have the, the option here. Yeah. yeah, weird. They don't even give you that option in the UK. That's crazy. Not where I am. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen it anyway. Yeah, there's a lot I've of looked for it. A lot of weird differences like that. It seems like uh, North America, especially the United States, is like a consumerist sweat dream in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you whatever so you whatever want. Whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Supersize me. 
Yeah, although New York City, it was a few years ago, they like banned Big Gulp sodas because they just thought they were unhealthy for people. They were already like 50 <laughs> liters or some shit. Like you guys, yeah. your guys is small is like a large anywhere else. Yeah, way So I, I don't yeah. know. When, yeah. when, when you're facing an, an obesity crisis, I don't think it's that unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> but why should you limit what people want to buy? If people want to buy big gulps of soda, why shouldn't they? This is true. It all yeah. comes down to personal American responsibility. Mindset. Right. You should be responsible enough to have one big gulp soda every once in a while for fun. When you go see a movie. Yeah, I don't think it should be banned, but it, yeah. but taxing it might not be a bad idea to just like decentralize. Well, yeah, they do that here actually. Like a year oh. or two ago, they had they introduced the sugar tax or something just for sugary drinks. So they cost not much more, but they do cost more than the zero sugar yeah. ones, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If there's just an incentive, drink water, kids. you know, if it's, if the cheaper option is the healthier option, then more people might choose the healthier option. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in America, it's so fucking hard to avoid. Because like I said, like with that popcorn, like I can find every flavor but the low calorie one in America. Whenever I go to any store in America, it's like, oh, same brand of popcorn, but it's just like chocolate, caramel corn, like all that shit. Right. Like, where's the normal salt It depends salt where you flavor? are in America. Well, it seems like every yeah. store I've well, been to, it's like you can't find it. If I went it to like a Whole Foods, are. maybe. Like, in California, there's a huge push for like healthy food and even in California eat. can't find the normal yeah, even flavors. In California there's excessiveness but it's more of a cultural thing where now people are more aware that we're the most obese nation yeah. in the world and we're trying to eat healthier cut down on the meat we eat because cows and the farming and whatever so we do our best mm-hmm. not getting rid of the big gulps though I don't think you are the most obese nation on the world though I think I saw some documentary we're one of the like, most yeah yeah we used to be anyway the UK is catching one. up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just part of, like, you know, a capitalist society. When you make one, that's bound to happen eventually. Mm. Just this, like, yeah. excessive consuming of the same product to a point. I mean, it's happening with films, too, to where it's just a ridiculous, excessive amount. Mm. We were addicted to it, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. We're all going to be fat. It's going to be like Wally. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, mobility scooters for Walmart. Might be alright to be honest. Mm -hmm. Pretty nice in Wally. Pretty nice life. Yeah, nice life. (laughs) Everyone's healthy because of the medicine, so you can just eat as much as you want and be fat. Robots (laughs) do everything for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What a funny concept. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's when Pixar made funny original great films. That was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it Up? Up had its moments. Up was great. Up had its moments. Up had a good first opening scene, and then the rest of it was meh. (laughs) Well, I disagree, but that's fine. Talk about Up one day. Yeah. We could go through every Pixar movie one day. That would be good. We've probably seen... We've probably all seen the majority of them already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only one I haven't seen is Good Dinosaur. Oh, you should watch it. I don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. I, I want to keep Cars 2 as my worst <laughs> Pixar movie. No, it Whatever. is for sure. Yeah. Next question. Raven's Lair has a good one for us. Have any of you changed your mind on a movie based off the Sardonicast discussion? Um, Don't know about you guys, but it has for me. Yeah? Hmm? What's your go-to example for the that? The biggest one was, uh, what's it called? 
Jean Delman. Jean, yes. was it? Nice. <laughs> oh, Jean Delman. Watching that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning yeah, the top movie. Like, I was really, like, annoyed after watching that movie. <laughs> and uh, you helped, uh, you guys helped me calm down and see the light <laughs> a bit more. That's good. <laughs> That's well, because it's a frustrating movie to sit through. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You I need understand. to talk about it to someone for it to leave your head in exactly. that way. Exactly. You start it's, to appreciate it's it. A and very it was just to my head. It's a very inaccessible film for like any yeah. kind of normal <laughs> audience. It's it's like you don't you don't put that on to watch a movie. You put that on to talk about the to, movie to you To challenge yourself yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. Right. In a way. <laughs> You're viewing a piece of art kind of just like yeah. examining a painting mm-hmm. almost in the same way. Yeah. It might not no, be sure. entertaining in that same way. Yeah, I've had I've changed my mind. You've helped me see different perspectives on films, for sure. Mm-hmm. Both of you. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but... I, I can't say I've ever had, like, my perspective flipped or anything, but I've definitely, you know, one of the more valuable things to me about this podcast, especially, is being able to understand a perspective that I might, you know, either entirely or mm. only slightly disagree with. You know, it... it, mm-hmm. it yeah it really helps to get somebody else that is able to articulate why they enjoy something more or dislike it more. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's more what I mean. I've never done a 180 where I completely changed my mind, mm-hmm. but hearing other people yeah. talk about it, uh, it lets me appreciate the film more on other levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually looking through all of the the recommended films because I've got like a list going on Letterboxd of like my ranking of favorite ones or whatever mm. and there's like a really vast array of different types of movies of like all shapes and sizes it's like a really cool kind of madagascar <laughs> yeah of course that's you go from john steel man to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same podcast i don't think anybody's ever done that yeah <laughs> ben and arthur that oh yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 we got like Climax and the Holy Mountain, and then Xavier Renegade Angel. <laughs> yeah, some TV shows. Yeah, <laughs> Southland Tales. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I need to add what that one. Forgettable one. one. <laughs> I suppose that counts as the first one. That was I the guess first one. Yeah. What, 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 what one to act as a launch? pad for us <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> film well we all saw it thanks jj we you made a movie it. so bad you started a podcast <laughs> yeah, <it's his> fault. <laughs> yeah. all right pirate disco king yt has an interesting one for us how much does completion matter to a review do you have to finish a film to have an informed opinion on it or is it sorry or is an inability to finish something a legitimate criticism what about if you're playing a long game or watching a long tv series what about a game with difficult mechanics or a story with difficult subject matter so basically do you have to finish it to have a informed opinion i guess i think in almost every single case yes with some exceptions yeah sure but i think in most cases how can you have an opinion on something you didn't see in its entirety i well that's why i find it the most difficult to rate television shows because I'm not rating a season mm. from the show. And it's like, what? when I think of The Simpsons, I don't think of everything past the good points of The Simpsons, <laughs> you know? So it's mm. like, what, do I, what is the series? Like, that's still a part of the series. Is most of it bad? Yeah. What? How did that happen? It's like one of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, so I would say for like movies and games, it's, it's, it is 
important to be able to experience the entirety of it. You don't have to get every single achievement on a game, but at least experience, you know, mm. the, to, to the end credits or something. Yeah. For movies, I've, I, th I, I don't really make any published reviews of things that I haven't finished, but sometimes I rate them on IMDb. In fact, I think I pretty much always rate them on IMDb. If let's say I like don't make it through the whole movie, I'll just rate it like a neutral five because IMDb doesn't have mm -hmm. an option for, you know, I've seen this sort of thing. And I don't want to like accidentally right. forget about it, somehow makes it onto my watch list again, try watching it again and being like, oh, wait, I've already seen this. This is a waste of time uh, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, like there, there was one movie from Cannes that I didn't finish all the way through. But it wasn't because I like I wasn't able to finish it. It was because I had a movie the next day that I had to wake up for really early, the new Terrence Malick, and it's like three hours long. And like it was already late at night. I was like, I need to get some sleep. And this movie's fine, but it's not worth sitting another hour through just to ruin my experience for a three hour long art film the next morning mm -hmm. really early. So that was the one I yeah. didn't review. And even though I have opinions on the first half of the movie, it's like I probably it just doesn't seem like a good idea to throw a review out there for something you haven't finished. Yeah, it also depends on the sort of context on the way you're talking about it because it, it, it's not invalid to say, yeah, I tried to watch Blank and I got an hour in and it really wasn't doing anything for me, but mm -hmm. so I turned it off. Like, I don't think that's inherently invalid just because you didn't get to the end. Like, what mm -hmm. you saw is and what uh -huh. you made of it is relatively fair, but it's it's it becomes an issue when you have... Like, it happened like maybe a year ago or something, but there was like an IGN review that was revealed to be completely plagiarized, <laughs> like from someone else's review. Oh, and hilarious. And even played it. Oh, no. Like, what game? IGN. Uh, it it might have been movie? Dead Cells. Something, mm. it might yeah, been I think game. I remember hearing about that. That could be wrong. Wow. Yeah, yeah, obviously that is when things like that become a huge issue. Um, yeah. Just be honest, really, at the end of it. Like, if you're just honest and say, yeah, this really wasn't connecting with me, I couldn't make it to the end... And that was never my intention, yeah. like to lie or anything. I, I think people get it because everyone has experiences like that. Like sometimes you just, <laughs> you just really can't be bothered, and you got to choose your time wisely. <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah. honest about it, it, depending on like how much of, I guess, an authoritative position you're trying to take on the film. Also, mm, like yeah, if, you, exactly. if you really want to like make a point that it's shit, then you should probably finish it. Right. That's why I usually finish films because I want to have an opinion on it. And I'm already sitting there, and it's something to do. Mm. So I usually finish the film. But if there's a movie that's just so... Like a Ben and Arthur type movie. If you want to <laughs> shut that off 10, 15 minutes in, that's understandable. Because it barely even counts as a film. Like, just yeah. watching it. You know? I'm not going to blame someone for having an opinion on that. That it's yeah. shit. Because they're right. Well, so, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. When, when, like, Adam made his video on Old Boy, like, obviously he had to sit down and properly deconstruct that movie by watching it to its end probably multiple times yeah. to make that possible otherwise the video would, wouldn't ring true but if like i on this podcast was like yeah i tried watching that old boy remake but turned it off after 30 minutes because it was so shit <laughs> i don't think anyone's really gonna get annoyed by that right we go yeah. you're not missing anything so mm -hmm. there's a movie i watched recently that was fucking awesome called one cut of the dead and mm -hmm. if you stopped watching it like halfway through i would feel like you haven't even seen the movie 
It's without <laughs> really? spoiling anything. They're, yeah. It's like you have not seen the movie unless you've finished the movie. That's it's one of those where it's like you can you cannot say you've watched the film if you didn't if you didn't go through with it to the end. Cuz it's not the movie if you didn't. It's Don't you think some awesome TV movie. shows are like that though as well, or even games? Like sometimes yeah, games depending. have like just a really bad beginning, and the same with movies. Some or TV shows more so that tends to happen where there's just like takes a few episodes to get going sometimes, or yeah, sometimes entire first have seasons. That issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Simpsons, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like these shows don't find their footing till later. Yeah, it depends what kind of a point you're trying to make about it, because it, it's yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. Like. You could probably, from my understanding, like jump in halfway through and still love it. Like, there's nothing really right, you could jump ingrained in yeah, you could. into the first season that is absolutely necessary to to experience before mm-hmm. it starts getting much better. And like Danny DeVito didn't even join until a while through it, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's something like like I've made this criticism about other shows before, like Game of Thrones, where I was like, okay, well. I couldn't I couldn't justify watching more than three episodes because I wasn't invested and it's not worth it to me sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like Mary I've given it a fair shot, a fair chance, and I'm not trying to say that it doesn't get better because maybe it does. But mm-hmm. to me, it wasn't worth, you know, the, the experience. So it's, it's less of a, a condemnation of every episode of the show and more just saying it wasn't worth it for me to get to where it supposedly starts getting good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's always good though. It hit, but it didn't grab you in that yeah, beginning. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B Dog seven one seven one has a good one for us. Behind the scenes kind of look. What is your note taking process while watching movies recommended on Sardonicast? I feel like it would be hard to focus on certain movies that have been recommended while taking notes at the same time. Mm. He's not wrong. Like some movies, like it just feels wrong to note anything down on like the xavier renegade angel um <laughs> when we get recommendations that are a bit out there like that it's like yeah. i'm not even gonna try i'm just gonna let this wash over me and i'm gonna just go from there <laughs> yeah i have a small notebook when i watch things that you guys recommend to write little notes down for myself if i'm watching a movie i've seen before that i recommended i have my big notebook out <laughs> and i write mm. very detailed notes on everything i say because mm. i'd seen it before yeah. and it's more about analyzing it than Mm -hmm. like enjoying it at that point i have like a notepad application on my phone that i just take point form notes on and they don't need to be super detailed as long as i can look at the point form note and i know what i'm i I want to say about it based on that point form note as long as it's understandable Mm -hmm. from my perspective then then i can talk about it i don't really feel as though it's too distracting to do that Maybe also because I watch every one of these with subtitles, and so I'm able to still look at the the screen of the movie while taking these notes on my phone that are only every, like, I don't know, 5, 10, sometimes 15 or 20 minutes, depending on the movie. So, you know, even though I'm writing something down, there's both audio and the subtitles of the actual film, and if I feel like I've missed something, then I can always rewind it, I guess, but... I don't find it too distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually have five bullet points, and I try to write down five things I like about the movie when it's over. I try to do that, too, even if right. the movie's terrible. Yeah. Just That's so very, very I have, like... Approach. Yeah. Well, if you like the movie, you name five things you like about it. If you can't yeah. do that, then <laughs> what the fuck did you like about the movie, then? <laughs> so, 
Oh. It's a good way to get started. Mm-hmm. Do you ever add um, time codes to your notes yeah. when you're doing like your your main reviews? Yes, uh-huh. the long form reviews. Yeah, you have to yeah. almost because yeah. it gets well, hard it to keep so track much of time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If there's a specific clip or scene that I want to incorporate in the editing, then for sure. Yeah, I also label each page based on the viewing because I watch the movies like I try to watch each one five times. And so it's like page one is the first viewing of notes, and then it gets more right. and more detailed as it goes along. But you watch every one of them five times. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Like Chips, I watched like 12 times. <laughs> not even joking. I gotta see joking. something I can talk about. Yeah. Like, I was watching it fucking drunk on camera and everything. There was literally, yeah. it's su- such a bad movie. You're like, okay, I really gotta work with this one. Yeah. It's giving you but nothing. Then, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> Just going off for 20 minutes about eating ass. I feel like at least twice would be what I would need as like a, a bare minimum yeah. for for making like a proper YMS review thing on it. And mm-hmm. oftentimes in the editing process, you know, going through the clips there, there'll be something more that I want to add or like a better opportunity for a joke or something or something that I didn't notice before. And I can just yeah. record another little bit and stick it in. So mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And there's still things you miss. After all that, there's still things that I would like to touch on that I never do in hmm. these reviews, but whatever. I never a miss. Point you gotta stop. Yeah, you do need to stop at a certain point, or we'll just, yeah. we'll just go on forever. Uh-huh. And, and you then you see comments, like, you're like, fuck, right. I could have talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, there'll always be, like, someone with an extra tidbit of perspective that it's like, ah, oh, man, I should have should have included yeah. that. You know what I actually yeah. find has has helped is like now I do pretty much like like when, whenever I'm editing a video, so like one of my bigger YMS reviews or something like that, I stream the editing process anyway. So if there's something that I like mm-hmm. if if I use the wrong expression, I think in my old boy review I, I was like if I don't say so myself and it was supposed to be if I do say so myself. And I just didn't know, but yeah, then somebody pointed that things. out in the comments. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I could just go back and re-record that because I'm streaming the editing process. And there's only ever like, I yeah. don't know, 50, 100 people watching. So it doesn't like spoil the whole thing. And obviously, it's an entirely different experience to watch like fragmented oh, yeah. three seconds at a time, stop, edit, pause, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that does help kind of like almost crowdsource a little in a way, just tiny little things. And yeah. sometimes people mm-hmm. will have like little minor suggestions and I'll be like no because this or hey that's not a bad idea so yeah I did that with the Game of Thrones video because the first part I got so much stuff like facts wrong because Game of Thrones is so complex and like oh, whatever yeah. you're talking about it, you're just gonna get a ton of things wrong. Tons yeah. of so hours of content. The second video, I had to correct all that, and I sent it to like Game of Thrones fans to approve it <laughs> <Nice>. to make <laughs> sure it was good, and then I posted yeah. it. And I also have Patreon, which they get to watch it early, and sometimes mm. they point something out, and I get to fix it. The mm. YouTube editor has been really handy for that shit. Oh really? Yeah, snip it real quick. <laughs> it's gone. So you okay. just take it out? You just full-on take out stuff like that? Yeah, if it's like a little thing. All oh, right. Yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. I've never... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never really little, delved little into the YouTube editor. Like, if there's, like, something at the end that was unnecessary or, you know, like, the there was, like, a bit of black screen or just something that wasn't supposed to be in the video at the end, then, yeah. But that hasn't happened often at all, so... Mm-hmm. Hmm. Usually I watch it so many times before publishing... I'm really obsessive about it. 
Yeah. That, but you yeah. still miss stuff sometimes, or at least I do. You know what's hilarious? Like, forget to crop like one shot. Remember, remember <laughs> in like, <laughs> remember in like, I think the first three episodes of the podcast where I said I've never had a spelling error in my YMS reviews, and people were like, "We're gonna <laughs> yeah. find them," and you never have. I'm sorry, you tried. All of Damn. you tried. The entire subreddit was like, "We're gonna find your spelling errors." Oh, sorry, it didn't happen. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nostalgia Critic has like 10 whole videos just going through all the spelling errors he made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this like Nostalgia Critic corrects <laughs> or whatever 10, like a top 11 mistakes I made. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's funny. Still waiting. <laughs> Watch all my videos. Yeah. Thorough, dude. <laughs> one more question? Yeah, let's do one more from RP844. If you were to work on a movie, what position do you think you would like to have in the crew? Or in Ralph's case, which one would you choose above the rest that you've done? And are there any roles you think you would not be good at? You start, Ralph, because you actually have okay. experience. Well, I won't say director <laughs> or any of that. Um, something I haven't done. Mm. I think I would like to do set design. Like, mm -hmm. build the sets. Mm. Be on that kind of thing. Yeah. Or maybe like a gaffer. Just setting up the lighting. I've never done that. I usually just tell people to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to, because that sounds fun. And I think I'd be terrible at costume and makeup, which is mm. weird, because I, I would like set design, but I don't I don't think I'd be good at dressing or doing makeup on a person. Right. I think I'd be really yeah, yeah. bad at that. Yeah, I... Um, Adam? I, well, I mean, there's... If, if I have an idea... Or something that I want to express and communicate artistically, then I want to have as much control over it as possible. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, I, I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to like passion projects of mine, um, mm -hmm. which is why I still edit the YMS reviews, and even though the quickies are outsourced at this point. So, yeah, directing. Even though I would, you know, love, especially if I'm starting out, I would love to have kind of like a collaborative directing thing going on like i would love to work mm. with somebody else to kind of get my feet off the ground in that sense um music would be something i would love to supervise even if i wasn't just creating all of it by myself from scratch you know the script is obviously something that i would love to have input in if not having written the whole thing myself but yeah i i, I would definitely not want to be acting in any kind of a major role or anything like I don't, I don't I wouldn't want myself on screen really because I can't act really well I think it would be way too distracting especially if I'm going for like a more serious tone in something mm. so as much as like yeah you can cut costs by putting yourself in the film for me it would not work very well it would not Even work as very an well extra? you want to make like an Alfred Hitchcock cameo where you walk by like in the back yeah well that's the thing is like <laughs> if as soon as you're in front of the camera you don't have as much control behind the camera I would love to, yeah. to have a lot of control over how the shots are visually, how they're framed, how they move. I would love to operate mm -hmm. a camera. And so being in front of it, it's like I would that would just be something where, you know, I'd be putting my faith in somebody else to do something, which in a lot of <laughs> a lot of experiences in my life, I don't have a lot of uh, trust or faith in people. Not to say it doesn't exist mm -hmm. ever. Uh, I mean, this podcast is a collaboration between all three of us. And this is going really mm -hmm. well. But yeah, I mean, it really depends. I'm going to have to just work my way up and introduce bit by bit and try to find the right people 
to to work with and fill in each sort of thing that would be impossible to do myself yeah mm. i don't really have what it takes to, i don't think to be like a a director or something like that with with all the responsibility in the world i prefer being like a coward basically being more <laughs> in the background like a like a like a producer or you know an editor or something someone who like after most of the the hard part let's be honest like is is done <laughs> then you can you can be the one to sit back and be like this bit here is sort of working this isn't this is what you know and have your opinion be valued by in like a sort of producer type way cuz that's what i've always found so interesting about bad movies to me and why i'm just so obsessed with bad movies because i love breaking down what i think they've done wrong and what they could do to mm -hmm. make it better and i feel like being being in a role like that would be like a lot of fun and really challenging and creatively fulfilling to like go in and like so venom 2 is a piece of poop why is it poop let's see if we can fix some of this here and there yeah, that's more in the background kind of stuff. How about pre-production stuff, where you're planning out the um, movie beforehand to make sure? Yeah, because otherwise it's like, like when you make it, <laughs> you've spent the whole budget, well, yeah, and there's things that you'd have to like yeah. reshoot. When it gets to the end of it, it's like, okay, well, is it worth it to do this anymore? Like, I guess we just yeah, gotta yeah. release the movie. Like, that's a lot of the problems. I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of like, <laughs> what are you most likely going to be able to start out on? You know? Yeah, like you're going. And an editor does make a big garbage. difference because some of these movies can be garbage and they're saved in editing. Yeah, so it yeah. does make a difference. Because like uh, you, <laughs> you can't just walk in like as and just call yourself a producer and be like, you know what? No, my ideas are better than yours. And you're like, who are you? No one cares what you think. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In the credits, you'll be listed as troll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guy no one wants around <laughs> who just annoys everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I would like I would like to like slowly work my way up into, you know, taking on more complicated projects because there are things that you can make with a skeleton crew that make sense to have yeah. it in that way. You know, Shane Carruth is a really good example of that. It really yeah. depends on what Blue you're trying Rowan. to communicate, the story. You have to understand your own limitations before you go into it. You can't be looking to look the, uh, to to make the matrix if uh you don't have a gigantic crew and millions mm -hmm. of dollars of resources, etc. You have to understand your yeah. own limitations, and I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. You can make like sure. a good horror movie set in one location. You can make like a small-scale science fiction movie. Yeah, you can make a short film. Mm -hmm. Use that to uh, solidify yourself as a uh, competent filmmaker, and then perhaps get more of a budget and a bigger crew for your next project. Yeah. Cool. Is that it? I, I think so. <laughs> is it over? <laughs> is it? Is it done? <laughs> we made it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Ah. Those were good questions. Yeah, good, good bunch. Yeah. Who's got to recommend something? I think it's Alex. Oh, it's me, is it? It right. is. Cool. Well, there is one I've really wanted to do. Um... But I'm not sure if I should pull the plug on that one yet because I noticed it's getting like a special release like in a couple of weeks or something. Okay. Which is too far away, unfortunately. Ooh. So I'll have to push that one for the future. Sure. Let's do Showgirls. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Yeah. I've never seen that. I've cool. never yeah. seen it. I've never but seen it. I've heard so many stories about it. Yeah. It's an infamous yeah. film yeah. by the director of Robocop and uh, what's the bug one called? Oh, you know, uh, the fly. That guy. Oh god! No, no, no! Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh yeah. Paul Verhoeven. He's like a. Yeah. I think he's like an eccentric French guy. 
Yeah. He's like, you love satire <laughs> and everything, and this is. is the project where it all went wrong, from what I understand. Showgirls, 1995. He was born in the Netherlands. Amsterdam. Oh, okay. Yeah, Europe, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> all right, we got... Uh, Should I watch yeah. Saved by the Bell before? Because it's set in the same universe. Is it? Oh, right. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I, I'm going to be at, at Toronto Film Festival. So. Has he confirmed or denied that? I so. <laughs> it might be in the trivia somewhere, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I think that that would be interesting. For sure. Always wanted to see it. Okay. Never had a chance. Yeah. For Doing a reason, it. more so. 1995 Showgirls, directed by Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> 16 Metascore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Might don't watch lowest. don't watch this one with the family. <laughs> I guess. It's not a yeah. kid's yeah. movie. NC seventeen. It's got some extreme scenes in it. Yeah. Alright. Well, if you don't want to be spoiled for showgirls, um, check this out before uh the next episode, two weeks from now. Uh if you want to support the show, sardonicast.com, sign up for premium, two dollars a month. You'll get these episodes early. Same thing with patreon.com slash sardonicast. Uh, you'll get them when they're edited, before they're public. We also have merch. Get our merch. Do that shit. It's going to be Christmas in like three months. Do it. Yeah. You got to get prepared. Think about it's that gonna shit. It's going to be Halloween. You yeah, dress you want to dress, yeah, dress up as a, a fan of the podcast. <laughs> it's my costume. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening. Love you guys. Peace out. Yeah. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.